0: Welcome to the People Data for Good podcast with Al Adamson.
1: Hi, welcome back to the People Data for Good podcast. I have the honor of sharing time with Perry Ma this afternoon. Perry, how are you doing?
0: Pretty good. You know, we're almost done with the week. Friday is tomorrow. You know, no complaints. Weather is good. How are you doing?
1: I'm, I'm doing well. I'm, uh, like you said, we're in springtime 2021, uh, you know, here in California, the, at least in Northern California, the the pandemic is, uh, I don't know if receding is the right word, but we're able to move about uh, a bit more and there seems uh, to be a degree of normalcy and there's a lot of hope out there. And obviously in the HR technology space, uh, you know, there's a lot of things happening and that means us analysts are busier than ever, not only doing analytics, but uh, thinking about the future and what systems we're gonna be leveraging to do this work better and faster and at scale you know, for potentially, hopefully more virtuous purposes Uh, not only helping the organization but helping uh, individuals as well and i know you're passionate about that too so if you would introduce yourself and a little bit uh, what you're going to be sharing today
0: yeah absolutely so i right now i do oversee a workforce analytics team and also the operations on the company called warner media So Warner Media might be a name that's relatively new to some folks, but it is a company comprised of all the brands that everyone probably are familiar, like the Warner Brothers, the Turner, the HBO, and and you might have seen, you know, out there in the market, like HBO Max is one of our biggest focus right now in the business that direct consumer strategy. So a lot of great movies are on HBO Max. So, so that's the company I'm under. And, and of course I said workforce analytics. So we basically a team under HR Share Services. So my umbrella team is HR Share Services. And we you know, uh, support across the entire Warner Media. So about 30,000 employees like you said, it has been busy. You know, what we have gone through last year, what's been picking up this year, and, and our company just goes through, you know, never ending, you know, transformations and emerging acquisition. So I do have to say that, that you know, it's, it has been really busy. It, I mean, there are challenges, but it is also really exciting, right? When, when you have things that out of norm, you also have opportunities, you have area for innovation. So, yeah. So I I think for today, we'd love to share, you know, and workforce analytics is is in a passionate area of mine. We'd just love to share more in that area.
1: Well, let's get into it because you now if you don't mind me saying, are a veteran of this discipline. Um, having worked at Clorox and Accenture and at Warner uh, Media for quite a number of years now, and you have grown and developed and created a sustainable capability. So I am really eager to learn from you, you know, over the next 45, 50 minutes or so. And I'll also add that you have had some great experiences with Workday in And and not to say that it's been all rosy, but you have really pushed the envelope in terms of the analytical capability with that as the basis. So, you know, eager to explore that as well. Where I do want to start, is we're both here in the san francisco bay area and this past year has been tumultuous not only with the pandemic but with the pursuit of social justice and doing right by workers uh protected classes you know diversity equity inclusion in other words is something that in organizations it's not just a, a checkbox it's something now that is a real priority so you know and particularly if you don't mind me calling out as an Asian woman in San Francisco, and obviously there's been a lot of news on that. Can you just share, you know, how you feel personally about this particular topic and what you're doing to address it there in your professional role?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, first word come to my mind is actually exhausted, Mm -hmm. I wanna say. Like that is the last year, you know, last year was a lot of happened in last year, not just the pandemic, right? We're talking about Black Lives Matter. It's, it was also a year of election. So mm-hmm. like as a workforce that that there is this uh, physical feeling that physical and around, you know, catching COVID, you know, uh, 100% of working from home and in the kind of adjusting all of that. Then, if you think about, there's also psych- psychological. There's this psychological safety that is happening with all these, you know, events that are happening. Um, I-, I feel like last year, I learned so much about the history, about you know the um, everything around the Black Lives Matter. And then fast forward to this year, with everything happening around, you know, the the API community, it's it's exhausting. It's exhausting. I'm exhausted. And what we do, like in terms of a workforce analytics team, we actually been partnered very, very closely with our enter. So we have a team called Enterprise Inclusion Team. So Hmm. they're focused on the inclusion, equity and uh, diversity. So ever since last year, and we start to partner with them, having these employee listening sessions, where we collect the qualitative data. We also have surveys period of time of surveys that are going out to get a post check right on employee how they're doing in the initial of a pandemic where everybody just starts to work from home 100 Mm percent you know there's no preparation there's like it just happened and then fast forward to now like you said right we're we're starting to feel like a little bit become normal then we do not we we're using this survey to now do a poll check to say so how do employees feel about going going back to work what are the concerns on top of their mind and in the conjunction with all the employee listening session around the equity and inclusion we will you know what i do in this space is right like not just as employee myself have all these sentiment. you know have all these uh, you know just thinking around, but also what I can do to contribute. And mm-hmm. that the way I think about this is using the data to yes. really use the data to surface, you know, um, employee sentiment, you know, what they're thinking, and also just to use the data to surface organization. Every organization here has an opportunity to, to see more, you know, diversity population in the top of the organization. Mm-hmm. So how do we start, you know, how do we surface more these insights really put in front of these decision makers, right? To say, hey, when we say we want an inclusive environment, what do we mean? What metrics are we using? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so so it is, you know, it's, it's personally impacted, but also how I can, you know, contribute to this topic with what we do.
1: You know, you are, I'm obvious well, let me just add context because you have been at Time Warner for a number of years now. I would four or five plus years, if uh, I recall correctly. And four,
0: yeah, around four years.
1: Four years, and so you have developed a lot of internal credibility and relationship equity that you're now able to leverage an example you just gave is you have this inclusion team and they're willing and able to partner with you and you're helping enable the ideas that they have and the initiatives that they have and it's it's a beautiful thing it's all too rare where dni i think that's been the a key inhibitor is that they haven't had an enabler like an analytics team to put forth the data and show improvements and and, uh, other things that are either not working or things that, hey, it's going well over here and we should do more of that, for example. So you were able to build credibility based on coming in and developing a vision and a clear way to achieve that vision a roadmap in other words so can you speak to how you started your journey and how you got your key stakeholders excited about what you're doing and how you were able to build this relationship equity so you're now in this position to make fundamental change can you share your journey there
0: yeah, I mean, it's data. How could you not get excited?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's See, just, that's uh, how you earn credibility. Just say, hey, I love data. Show up with data. and, and Get the no. work done. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's, that's funny. Um, well, for practitioners practitioner like us, right, like, I, I, you know, I think you would agree. It does take a passion about data for you to really get, you know, get into what you do. So I do think from from my personal perspective, right? Like, I feel like, you know, the moment I start to, in my, you know, if I look at where I started out um, and where I am right now, that moment when I start to work with a massive amount of data, you know, it's like when you meet your soulmate, you know, you lock the eyes across the table, you know, that's the one, and that's really how I feel about data. Um, But, you know, if we put in the context of Warner Warner Media, like how how this practice went about. So it's gonna be a little bit longer longer response, but I do want to give you that full full insights into how we started. Um, so four years ago, and that was this when when we started out under Warner Brother. That was before the, all the acquisition happened, right? We're still under the legacy division, Warner Brother, Turner, and the HBO. So I joined mm-hmm. the Warner Brother one man team, um, and I talk talk you know lengthy discussion with my boss my current boss um and then we actually before i joined the company we actually sat down and that was in the bur you know that was like feels so long time ago down the burbank we actually sat down talk about like when we say we want to build out a workforce analytics like what do we mean by that what does success look like that right Mm -hmm. you can't just go from without any practice around the workforce analytics like analytics in hr You can't go from there overnight, just go like, oh, you know, we're going to start to build a predictive modeling and Mm -hmm. all of that because those are the shiny objects, right? People tend to go after. So we actually really put some thoughts to it and we actually build a vision, build a roadmap, And in the roadmap, we actually breaking down in stages, start with the foundation, which is your data quality, your your system, right? Like, do you even have a single source of truth to begin with? Mm -hmm. Um, Then we move along to enterprise understanding, have a one set of metrics that all the HR are looking at, then goes into differentiated insights, meaning that you have to allow flexibility, right? For the different Mm -hmm. business to be able to hone into their priority. Cause if you look at the a portfolio of our business, we tap into, you know, the, the traditional, you know, the entertainment, the movie, the production. We also have, we also in the games industry as well, like the interactive um, mm-hmm. technology. Now we're in this technology, like a streaming, online streaming. And then we also have consumer product and all of that. So you have to allow the business to have that flexibility. So that's why we designed our third stage to be differentiated insights then followed by the predictive, and then our North Star is machine learning and the AI. That's Mm -hmm. where I do believe that data shows its true power, that Mm -hmm. you can use the information to predict and then also to like build models to to help make the decision, right? Those are more like a prescriptive. So Mm -hmm. so if you think, if you visualize, right, that that stage, that five stage, that's kind of our guiding principle that always Mm -hmm. kind of ground us to say, hey, Everything we do, right, we need to kind of look at what, what, are, we, what are we trying to do? What are we trying to accomplish? And at the end of the day, I think our vision is we make an impact on the business. And I do think that that's kind of keep me going every day is being able to see the impact that the data was able to make and, and the analytic work is able, is able, able to make.
1: I mean, I I love what you're saying because you're calling out something that doesn't get called out all the time is that uh, what I hear is, oh, start with the business problem. And I, I believe that's true. However, you can start with the business problem and go and try and do the analytics. Yet, if you don't have the requisite data, if you don't have the requisite systems and processes to bring that all together, package it, communicate it, all that stuff, then (laughs) you can have the business problem, but you don't have the solve for the business problem. So I hear, I'm hearing that there's an and in there that you have to put in the work to create the basis by which to go to your internal customers, have those discussions and deliver. So my question for you, given that, did you do both at the same time? Did you spend a lot of time building and just getting the basics of the data dictionary if I heard you right uh, and then but also solve problems at the same time or did you just do the fundamentals for a while and then go to your internal customer groups can you share a little bit about that
0: yeah that's actually so if you will ask me this question pre maybe a couple years ago maybe a couple years into our journey I, I would say like, yeah, like, you know, we, we build a foundation, we focus on the foundation first, right? And uh and also the I would say the, the first a good first six months, like good chunk of time of my six month, first six months at the Warner Brother. I also spend a lot of time with stakeholders because HR analytics is relatively new concept at the time at Warner Brother. So there's also a lot of relationship building and also educating. Like when you hear this again, when you hear HR analytics, what's in it for HR, right? Because you need them to be partner on this journey. I, I can't just look at the data, right? Not connecting with any of the qualitative context right. makes sense so there's a lot of that happening so if you ask me this two years ago I would say yeah focus on the foundation then you move on to you know the enterprise and all of that well now I think anything that if, if you know if anything I learned from last year on um, specifically on the journey and on the HR analytics is far from being linear so mm-hmm. because of the transformation our business did um, we actually took a hit on the foundation. So we Mm -hmm. actually was able to make quite a bit of progress under Warner Brother that got into really building, start to build out the data scientist capability and start Mm -hmm. to look look into the the unstructured data sets. All the acquisition, merger acquisition happened. So our foundation took a hit. So there's Mm -hmm. a gap in the data quality, in the integrity. We actually had to kind of take a step back to revisit the foundation look at the, what the business needs are, Basically, going through iterative approach, but you have to accept that, that the fact that you actually do have to take a step back. So, you know, it's kind of my long answers to your question is that it's not linear, right? It's not that you do this portion first and then you move on. Things can happen in an iterative approach, but I do have to, like, I have to stress this every time. And I also have a hashtag for it. It's called the data is innocent. I, I cannot <laughs> stress enough the importance of the foundation is your quality.
1: Yeah, we've known each other for a number of years, so I can say this. I want to hug you so much for saying that <laughs> because there's so many narratives out there that seem Very linear. Well, you build, you solve a business problem, and you build on that, and you get the solution, and all of a sudden, you know, you're getting high fived going down the hall. (laughs) And we know it's not like that. And it is iterative. It is a start and stop. And and the world is dynamic. You know, there's acquisitions that happen. There's new systems that come into play. There's reorgs. You know, so all that you know affects our work. So for you to have had the space. The time and space to take this iterative approach meant, in my narrative here, is that you had developed the internal credibility. You had accurately sold the real journey to your sponsors. So they weren't freaking out say, oh, I thought this was going to happen and uh-huh. oh, we have to go back. So th- there's a sense of belief. And again, I'm certainly projecting right now, shamelessly, but I, it has to be true or you wouldn't still be there. How, <laughs> how do you feel? Uh, and I know you're a humble person, but I really am curious about this for our listeners because I think it's important for them to know. How did you build that credibility, that space so you could you know go and revisit the fundamentals that you could have this era of approach because that just doesn't happen for anybody so how do you think that happened
0: yeah i you know you know thinking back if i were to look back the four years of journey right i have been on i i want to say first foremost i feel incredibly lucky that when i joined the warner brother I, I, I had a buy-in from my boss at the time and my boss right now, right? So she she's head of HR services. I think she believes the the value of having a workforce analytics. I think that that's a really important first step is have that already have some sort of buy-in from a, from a senior leadership that mm-hmm. they believe this is the right thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. So more or less, I come in like, to, to build it out, like kind of focus on delivery and execution, right? I do have to spend time with other stakeholders within the company. But one thing I didn't have to worry is have to convince my boss, right? That the, why this is important. So I do mm. I do wanna, you know, call that out because I, I do feel like I'm incredible lucky that I started off with already such a strong leadership support there. Um, and the rest, I you know, in my mind, right, like for you to be able to, for your stakeholders be able to willing to come on this journey with you, you have to deliver, mm-hmm. and then you have to be able to show them the impact, and and have a tangible. Like again, I going back to what I said before is what's in it for them, right? Mm-hmm. You can't. You you're not you are not going to have by. People are really busy these days. They're yeah. not, they're yeah. not gonna just step in, you know spend time with you just because they have nothing else to do, right? There is this like in the for them component that it's really important as a discipline for my team, right? Cover from a operational reporting, analytic program, data scientist stuff that we do, everything along the journey, right? Everything along the deliverable we do, we always have to make sure the insights is valuable. So we're not just showing showing pretty charts or,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, what have you, we tell a story, we connect with what they tell us, we do this upfront discovery and we deliver things that they actually can action on. That's a really important. Everything we put in front of our internal stakeholders, we actually ask ourselves the question first is what, what, what are they going to do with this? Right. Like, does this lead to some sort of action? So I think that, that that discipline, it really grounded us to making sure, you know, our stakeholders have that trust right in us that knowing what we put in front of them is something that, that they can use. So mm-hmm. so that that's really my take on how you know I continue to build, build this internal, right, the, the community and build this like reputation with our
1: stakeholders. Yeah, you know, love what you're sharing, and it's immensely uh, appropriate, and it's also not easy to do. So, congratulations on making that happen over time uh, because there are a lot of stakeholders, there are a lot of internal customers, they're not all uh, proficient with data and use of storytelling and so forth. So there is a lot of, of coaching, uh, and, you know, uh, training, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. So my, my question is this, is that, you know, in a large organization like yours, the challenge of prioritization comes up, you know, very quickly. What problems do I solve? Who do I solve them for? Um, you know, where do i put my scarce resources both people technology and, and budget of course so can you share a little bit about how you prioritize in the midst of all the demands being put on you and your team
0: yeah it's it may let me just start to say not easy especially <laughs> especially last year it's you know i mentioned that every one of us is working from home full time right mm-hmm. and the uh, we have our day-to-day operation, right? We have our day-to-day kind of that deliverable we need to do. On top of that, we also implementing, continue to do merging and acquisition. So Workday, right, being another component you mentioned earlier, Workday being another component under my uh, kind of purview is that we also want to continue to making sure we bring the population into Workday from an implementation standpoint, so project-based. So you have your kind of day-to-day, then you also have a project. So, uh, you know, I actually think a prioritization it has always been a been a challenge. I, I don't have a silver bullet for it at all. Um, other than I think just making sure we stay like I mentioned a lot of the word discipline right. Like I, I do think that's something we have to always keep back in our head is that it it's it's easier for you to kind of when somebody come to you right with a with a problem you're like oh that's interesting. Let me take a look at the data. Let, let me do whatever. And then, what, like you said, if one person comes to you, one stakeholder comes to you, it, it's fine, right? But when you have this environment um, and we're coming off an environment that all the legacy division come together for the very first time, right? They all They have always been legacy kind of autonomy right under Time Warner, but now coming under Warner Media, they operating as a one company. Hmm. Everybody still right more or less, right? Because it's it's a it's a change curve, everybody more or less like, I want to look at things in this way. Well hmm. I want the metrics to show up this way. Well I want to pivot data in this way, right? You have all these stakeholders it's all customized, right, the the approach, like what they wanted you to do. So we're very good at, you know, one thing I I, I do think our team is good at is that because we service the entire company, we have a visibility into all these requests. So we're able to see the overlap. We're able to see the pattern. So we actually proactively deliver to say, hey, you know, this set of metrics or this analytic package cover 80% of what you're all asking, let's go there first. And then let's prioritize these like 20% of these kind of exception-based. I mean, that's kind of like, you know it's not a scientific way to prioritize. I I wish I can throw everything in the model and the model can just tell us like, oh, you need to work on this first and then next Mm -hmm. first. But it's not like that, but that's kind of like just, you know, a simple way for us to say like, hey, what we do, what's the level of impact? If that impact is like 80% of organization, let's focus there first versus focus that 20% of the organization.
1: Yeah. What I want to call out and celebrate about what you're sharing is that you are accepting where you are in terms of the data availability, the data quality, the tools that you have at your disposal and making the most of that. Um, There is a, pursuit of you know bright light bright light cool tool, tool cool tool um, you know that be, there is a place I and mean, there's so much innovation happening in the space and i certainly w- honor and celebrate that and there's a place for new tools however grossly underutilizing existing tool sets is arguably happening more than than most and one of the things that I hear a lot is the limitations of the transactional system the core mm. hc and so can you speak to workday specifically to the extent that you feel comfortable and how you have leveraged its capability to deliver on the promises that you just referred to
0: yeah so you know workday one thing is that i think a, if you think about just bigger picture, a company spend a lot of money to, to go from one system to another system. That's a quite costly activity, right? Coming off whether you go from PeopleSoft to Workday or Workday to PeopleSoft or SAP or what have you, that upfront investment, the cost of the system, the cost of the project, the cost of the implementation, all of that. So that that is something that I always keep in back of my mind is that you're right, there are so many tools out there. There are gonna be tools that for feature is gonna be much better than what you have now. But if you look at holistic, right, when you put so much investment into going onto ERP system, like why not get the most out of the system Mm -hmm. versus easily kind of get distracted to say, here's another cool tool, you know, here and there there are there are times where we're leveraging other tools that we cannot leverage Workday. but one of the things so i mentioned it before you know how we build out the roadmap the foundation the enterprise differentiate i'm going to quiz you later at the end you have to, <laughs> Please do. to the I'm ready i'm taking notes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so 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 foundation enterprise right differentiate insights predictive and the machine learning ai We actually build the same roadmap, align each of the Workday product against each stage. So Hmm. we're saying that foundationally, we can leverage Workday's security model, the business processes, the foundational data management, enterprise, we can leverage the dashboard, the deliver dashboard or custom dashboard. And then when you go on to more of a advanced stage, you can start to look at their people analytics product, their prison analytics, where you can bring external data. So again, right, like I I think we're very methodical about kind of how we want this to be successful and how we can use Workday as an enabler and not, you know, reality is we can do everything in Mm -hmm. Workday because some of the work our data scientists do, we cannot do in Workday. And some of the presentation, right, we have to do in front of stakeholder, the storytelling, you can't do it with a dashboard. You really mm-hmm. have to thinking through how you want to tell the story. Those are not the things that we're doing in Word Day, but that doesn't take away that you kind of look at your ecosystem of that company. And this is where the system side of coming in is you looking for, like we being an enabler to other organizations by delivering insights, but what's our enabler? Like from mm-hmm. a technology platform, right? what's our enabler to help us to become more scalable, to do more Mm -hmm. of a self-service. So that's really my, yeah, that would be my point of view is that how we were able to use Workday, but also recognize, Recognize the product, the roadmap against our roadmap, but also recognize there are going to be areas that you have to look outside the system to deliver what you wanted to deliver to the business.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing, and I want to get into your personal story in a minute, but I want to ask one more question about what's going on for you currently there at Warner Media, because you've shared several times around this uh, notion of stakeholder relationship management and storytelling, which in turn drives change downstream. And uh, I hear from many others that it's a challenge to educate and enable uh, HR business partners, COE leads, people managers, leaders on how to actually have an appetite for this information and in turn use it independent of an analyst, you know, coaching him or her. Uh, So that, again, confident uh, engagement uh, with the data. So I'm going to put forth a scenario is that many come in and look at a dashboard and try and tell a story based on the data. And they arguably don't spend enough time staying curious about the change that they're trying to make downstream and actually coming to that data set looking for something. And granted it's an and because they might find something that they didn't suspect. However, if you come to a dashboard or a port or just a data set in general with a certain hypothesis you're gonna test or a certain, you know, insight that you're looking to see if it's there and it's like myth busting or myth validation, (laughs) but can you speak to what you're doing to elevate the confidence of those who are interacting with the reports and dashboards that you and your team are creating? Yeah.
0: So yeah. I do have to say, though, our our HR business partners and also our COE, so we, we have HR business, like how the kind of HR organization, you have the, the HR practitioners, the HR business partners and managers and generalists mm-hmm. and all of that. Then we also have the COE group where handle, you know, total rewards, you know, talent acquisition. And. Um, Organization development, employee experience, all of that. Mm-hmm. My experience so far that we actually have quite a bit mix of the of the skill sets within that group because we actually will have HR come to us that they they are already quite advanced in terms of what they understand about analytics, what they want to get out of it, and and they actually will come to us like example right one of the HR supporting our games function. Just come to us with this massive set of exit interview which is all unstructured data which we love it because i do think unstructured data give you more insights than structured data so that's that's i'm just Uh, finding your soulmate
1: across the table
0: (laughs) yeah yeah because you know like when people are not confined in the drop down type of responses when they're just given this open-ended platform you get a lot of insights out of it so he came to us with this massive set of unstructured data and then he was like i want to know the sentiment you know i want to know the themes i want to know like we're like cool like put our data scientists on there so you do have that type of profile i would call a persona too like uh, we're yeah. trying to define our strategy around the persona, like the mm-hmm. consumers of the data. But then you also have a folks that they're not well-versed in the data, right? Sometimes if you put things in front of them, you, you will intimidate them or overwhelm them. So so one thing, so with folks, like the, the example I gave you around the games, we love it. We're just like, we're at, we're all over it, right? Like that's a very easy kind of the work together. But for the HR practitioners or COE members that a little bit shy away from data, there are a couple of things we've done in our organization. And again, like it, it may work or may not work in other organization, but at least that's something we've tried is that one is we have, we call it, we, we, bro- we borrow the term from Day actually, called the knowledge bites. So we'll create like um, very short videos talk about like here's what you can do with the dashboard here's what you can come with a question like you mentioned the word the hypothesis we actually use that as a, a example with our hr is that when you look at the dashboard come with a question like what question you try to answer don't try to interpret the dashboard but think about what question you have in your head so we use those a little short bit bites of like uh, on demand video to make it more digestible for them, mm-hmm. we also have intent. We call it the HR intensive training. That actually happened the last year with all the you know Black Life Black Life Matters um, timeframe, where we want to equip HR right how to have those conversations. With the leaders who are making key decisions on our people. So one of the segments is how they can use data to surface the insights and facts. So we use those platforms, you know, partner with other uh, team like the enterprise inclusion team to do those training. And then we also have what we call the office hour. So they can we can we create some of these office hour. So the HR can come in and they can come with a question. They can come with like a, a real problem they try to solve, a real question they try to answer, and we're walking them through. So, so those are, you know, those kind of like tips, tricks, you know, I I was sure, it, it takes time. You know, it's again, I don't want, you know, the the audience or listener to feel like, oh, if I do that, you know, tomorrow, you know, my <laughs> HR will be just looking at the dashboard, like, oh, I know everything's going on. It it takes time.
1: Well, I just for you to share that openly, I I appreciate it. I'm sure listeners do too, because it, to your point, it's not easy. And the fact that you have um, formed personas is a, a heightened level of empathy and appropriateness when you uh, address them. So, you know, I certainly want to call that out and celebrate it. You know, I want to get your take on where the discipline is going, what the future of people analytics and future of work is going to look like from your perspective. But I first want to understand, you know, your personal journey, because yeah, you know, this work, as you and I have discussed, is not easy. Everything that you just described is like you, there's a special level. Yes, you have to love data, but there's a tenacity that you have to have. There's a lot of people that you have to convince that it can be esoteric, it can be intimidating. Um, but you know, you have obvious passion around this. So, how did you get to where you are? I mean, wh- what's your educational background? What was your journey to? become the head of uh, human capital management analytics at Warner Media.
0: Yeah, you're gonna love this. Um, so I, my major in my undergrad, I graduated with major in Italian, the it, language.
1: It, it t- totally uh, expected.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, my dream, you know, when I graduated, uh, actually I graduated here in the Bay Area, um, My dream at that time was going to move to Italy, drinking wine, eat cheese every day. Now that clearly (laughs) did
1: not happen. You missed by about 6,000 miles. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it clearly did not happen. Uh, But yeah, that was actually my education background. I graduated in a a major that had nothing to do with what I do today. But I want to say that, you know, After I graduated, I started out at Mercer, which is the management consulting firm. And that was the first time I started to get, you know, get exposed to survey data because Mercer does a lot of surveys and they're they're known for their surveys. Right. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I was just like fascinated by the fact that, you know, if you just do a simple aggregation, the insights right right off the bat, you don't need to do like very complex, you know, Things, right. Sometimes you just do some aggregation, you start to see the pattern, the insights. I mm-hmm. think that that really, fa- like that really fascinates me. Mm-hmm. And I know that at that time, what I also noticed is that analytics is actually quite advanced in areas like marketing, sales, you know, PSO and all of that technology. But HR somehow like because, you know, Mercer also is, you know, work with a lot of HR practitioner. What I noticed that like within HR, sometimes data almost considered as a liability mm-hmm. versus opportunity.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: that kind of got me further down right into this analytic field, but also further down to the people side people side of data. Because I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, you would agree that the people is probably the number one asset of a company. Mm -hmm. Like, why not leverage the data you have, right, on your number one asset to Mm -hmm. drive the insights that can do better things for our employee, whether increase the experience, the engagement, and what have you. So that's kind of how I shifted from wanting to drink wine and eat cheese every day to like, you know what, I'm going to really get into this field where I think analytics is underutilized, which is that, you know, people analytics field. And then after that, you know, like I got into work day, the system side, you know right now i feel like okay you know i'm 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 on this track but initially it it was really big a pivot for myself but that's always i i also tell people you know for folks like junior folks that are trying to get into this field who don't have that kind of that i i want to say like um they didn't come from education background that is in like software engineering or data science or whatever, but they're interested in the pivot this field. And I always tell them, just look at me, right? Like if I can pivot, you, you can too. So, so that, that's kind of how I got to where I am right now.
1: <laughs> well, I, it's, it's a fantastic story. And it's also interesting because I know you're good at math I just know it. And you obviously know technologies as well. And it sounds like that's something that you've learned over time. And that's where I want to call out because you have always struck me number one, as a learner like you stay in perpetual state of curiosity that beginner's mindset which i think is so important for those in our discipline and but you're also tenacious and you're also creative and so you know with the italian language background and the fact that you know numerous languages so can you speak to those attributes specifically that last one the need to be creative in our discipline uh because many are just like okay i'm gonna plug this in and it's gonna work or i'm gonna grab that data. And there's gonna be the insight, but there need you know analytics, correct me if I'm wrong from your perspective, is inherently a very creative discipline. So can you speak to that?
0: Yeah, especially in HR field, right? Because to, to the kind of point I made earlier is that you, you you tend to think about people data as like, you know, what's my retention policy? You know, when do I need yeah. to get rid of the information, right? So I think because I was able to see the the power of the data when I started getting to the field under you know under Mercer then I moved down to Clorox, where I really started getting to h r analytics, it's just that you know the the opportunity is there like it just doesn't make sense for you to walk away from the opportunity that is there so it does take that curiosity. I, I, I think, you know, when I look for t- for folks join our team that are doing the analytic work, I look a lot for that curiosity, like that intellectual curiosity of folks and a kind of how they also articulate. So I do think of me having that background and, you know, in a language, right? Like kind of not, has nothing to do with the technical piece. Give me that balance kind of between being able to be a technical being that business analyst or analyst just analyst period but also kind of understand my user understand the persona like you said before to really personalize their needs for the analytics and and when you when you kind of have that in your mind you constantly look for ways to innovate you constantly, you will like a natural you will constantly look what way to to innovate and improve and again, I am keep referencing last year, right? Last year is a very disruptive year. I mean, yeah, absolutely. We all can agree on that, right? So, but when I also look at, I think of the silver lining from last year is whenever you have disruption, you have innovation. Mm-hmm. If you look at the things kind of happen in the market, anytime you have a disruption, you have innovation. So mm-hmm. you just cannot let those opportunity, like ju- just kind of, walking by you and not, not grab it. So yeah, the, I, I guess my, my, my point is that continue to be curious of what you do and analytics does require you to be curious, but also like whenever there's disruption, don't get discouraged. Think about what that disruption leads to is another, it's kind of door opens to an opportunity. And that's how, you know, we've always look at our business, kind of everything that is happening.
1: Yeah, and I, I couldn't agree more. And it actually you know, leads into the theme that I'd like to discuss as we you know, get close to, to wrapping up here, and that's you know where we're going uh, with not only our discipline but you know just generally how we strategize, how work gets done. And let me uh, preface it in this way: to your point, COVID and the pandemic in general. Has forced us to bring HR together with facilities, together with legal, together with digital transformation, automation, and procurement. To, you know, we have outsourced providers and, and contractors and things like that. And now we're looking at, you know, return to workplace. And so I'm just interested from your perspective, not only what's happened there at Warner Media over this kind of transition time, if you will. You know, do you think many of the processes and ways of doing things that came up during the pandemic are going to persist moving forward? Namely, the idea that you're bringing these formerly disparate uh, groups together, maybe on a more frequent recurring basis. You know, w- What's your ideal future state over the next six to 12 months for your discipline there at uh, WarnerMedia?
0: Yeah, you know, when I was listening to this question, I think what the first word comes to my mind is actually flexibility. Mm -hmm. So, if if anything, if you think about what happened right in the last, you know, 12 to 18 months, you got to adapt to the change fast, faster than you ever wanted to, right? So, you you could argue that change probably is the only constant for the last, Mm -hmm. you know, 12 to 18 months especially in our our organization where there's constant emerging acquisition and transformation that is going on Mm -hmm. so be flexible like i i you know that's something we also try to talk to our you know hr talk to our leadership is that um the the traditional ways of doing things because because we we do have i mean warner brother warner media you know all the division they've been around for a long, long, long time, right? Yeah. There's, a, there's a quite a bit executives, they're old school. And they used to, you know, we used to have to convince them that, hey, we need to give the employee the flexibility to be able to work from home, to be able to telecommute. And there, there were resistance in our senior leadership. Then COVID happened, everyone worked from home, things do get done. And you're like, okay, so now you tell me this is not going to work, right? So yeah. I think that that's like silver lining out of that. Another silver lining out of that is the leadership has to understand that the workforce today and the workforce tomorrow needs that flexibility. You've got to be able to respond things fast. And, and the other thing come to my mind is that if I were just honing more into the the workforce analytics area. I think and I'm actually this is what I've been inspired from our business strategy. So so last year out of everything happened, we also had a new CEO and Jason Kyler, right? He came from Hulu. So he came in to really drive that direct to consumer, that mm-hmm. business model and to go global. So so we're no longer competing, right, with the traditional entertainment media company we're also competing with technology company for online streaming. Exactly. So if I take that, and if I think about workforce analytics, how do we also go direct to consumer? Is, could that be the trend coming up? Is that instead of, you know, delivering insights to the HR, the HR go to the business, you know, the leader and all of that or manager, can you even leverage system or technology more to deliver that insights directly to consumer and then have our HR focus on the decision-making part? And I, I'm, I'm just talking at this point because I just
1: think no, that- You, you are, you, I, 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 you're doing more than that. I, I, I could not agree more both given my hope for what happens in our discipline Mm -hmm. I have increasing confidence based on my perspective that it is a trend. I'm hearing it more consistently, um, not only as one-off, but as a systematic strategic approach. So, no, I, I certainly celebrate it. After all, correct me if I'm wrong from your perspective, is we're talking about people's data. I mean, they are generating the data granted it's being captured by systems that are owned by these enterprises. Mm -hmm. But if I know my data is being captured and it's not delivering value back to me, how does that feel? So what you're sharing is a great opportunity to build trust, to build enablement and empowerment, all these other wonderful things. So yeah, I I, you know, I'll I'll clap right here, I'm clapping.
0: <laughs> and remember, hashtag data is innocent. Don't forget, you know, as we progress, <laughs> don't forget the importance of your, you know, credibility in, in the integrity and the quality of your data.
1: Yeah, I, I just have a couple more questions, Perry. I mean, it's super enjoyable to connect with you like this. And I just want to ask when we talk about the future of people analytics, um, we have, you know, this ecosystem of work, as I alluded to earlier. And so in other words, work is getting done not only by employees, but it's being done by contractors, AI, outsource providers, you know, know, scale-up startups, you know, there's a bunch of ways for work to get done. And so what do you think the role of people analytics uh, leaders and the discipline in general is going to be to help facilitate these discussions around how work is gonna get done in the future? Your thoughts there?
0: Yeah, that's a, so that, that is a great question um, because as we speak, we actually internally, we actually talked about kind of as we continue to making sure what we deliver matches the business strategy right like we're not doing something that's out of line with our where business is going our workforce is going extended the workforce actually come up quite a lot um Hmm. even you'd be surprised that even maybe you're not um but even with extended worker we also start to think about the dei component of it because more or less you could argue that's a pipeline right that's either a pipeline for your work regular workforce where you have these contingent workforce that convert convert to the regular workforce but that is also another workforce that the doing work for your company like Mm -hmm. you know how do you making sure that that population also gets the coverage from a diversity from equity from inclusion standpoint Mm -hmm. and extending the workforce is also a place where you can think about the skills, the tr- the basically the trend of the skill demand of your organization. So we actually have done analysis using our extended workforce to kind of compare like what areas we tend to engage extended workforce. What are the skill sets? Right, they they are they're they're. they're, they're um, we're looking for them to, to add value. And how does that compare to our existing workforce? And when you lay on the cost component to it, that's where you're getting to the work, the strategic workforce planning, mm-hmm. which actually you can really harness that data to understand you know, where the demand, like what the skill sets demand is. So so those I will say the diversity inclusion and equity, and then that whole kind of strategic workforce, those are two big, kind of business focus, And I I want to make sure, right, the work we do is supportive of those two areas. So so yeah, so it, the contingent work, the, the extent of the workforce is quite interesting topic. It's actually getting a, quite a bit of attention, at least in our organization.
1: That's, that's great to hear. And I love that you're looking at that from a DEI perspective as well. I think that's immensely appropriate and it's been a missed opportunity for many organizations. So I have one more question and uh, me being me, I might sneak in one more, but it's, uh, it's really, I'm going to ask it in two ways. One from a, an HR leader perspective is like, if I am going to hire somebody or a team of people to do this work, people, analytics, workforce planning, what is some of the qualities that I'm going to look for. And the other uh, perspective to the same question is, how would you advise people to learn about this discipline and become more proficient and effective in doing this work? What would you advise on both counts?
0: So I'm actually going to go back to one of your earlier question, um, I actually th- don't think I did a good job answering that is you, you mentioned that you know, this is a hard work right like kind of what keeps me going every day to, to show show not show up at work we show up at home, show up to the computer show up to the screen. But what keeps me going kind of going like believe that the work we do and all of that. So. I, I think you know, tie back to this question you asked now, I think of first foremost, you gotta believe the value. Like I truly believe the impact, right, of what what workforce analytics or HR analytics can do, and the insights it's being surfaced have direct impact on the business. So, and you you have to be able to prove that relationship using the data, using the deliverable, using the kind of the relationship building, and all of that. So I do think that's what's keeping me going. Cause I, I like the sense of making the impact, right? Not just checking the box, but the sense of you're making the impact through the work you do, that's engaging. So for someone that, you know, wanted to start out in this journey from a personal perspective, from business perspective, I would truly to ask the question, right? Like, is there, believe in kind of the value and all of that. I think that that's like a prerequisite of what you kind of go into. Then I think after that, you know, some of the tactical things that, you know, at least from my perspective, when I look for, um, when we started out this four years ago, but we also, you know, as I mentioned, it was a one man team, right? To where we are today, where we had the reporting analyst, you know, the analytics kind of focus on, analytical program analyst to the data scientist. When we build this team when we continue this journey, we bring people on um, that, you know, be curious. Um, of course, to have the technical background that is desired, but the 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 cur- the curiosity and the, the ability to be able to tell a story, mm-hmm. those are some attributes that we actually always look for. Um, in terms of kind of joining our journey and join our team to make it more successful and having a roadmap. So that's what I will always recommend is that you can't just say that, hey, we're gonna we're gonna get into workforce analytics, we're gonna do this. And yes, it's gonna happen. So having the upfront, being kind of methodical about what success look like, what the roadmap and what all of that I personally truly benefited from that exercise we did earlier on and the belief that it's iterative, it's not linear, set your own expectation, right, so you don't get discouraged when your foundation took it back or what have you. So those are what just, you know, a couple couple comments, you know, I I will share. It, it's not a rainbow or butterfly, like it's not right. You know, it's not that this is a hard work, you're going to hit roadblocks, you're going to hit challenges, you're going to take, you're going to have a setback. But having that, you know, be your guiding principle helps to become that guideline, the North Star that you're going towards.
1: I absolutely love it. And again, me staying true to my word, uh, I am going to sneak in one more question. Um, (laughs) And it's, um, it is, it's simple, it's gonna be short. Uh, How do you learn? How do you continue to stay on top? of this very dynamic profession.
0: Go to your conferences. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, that, that was, <laughs> that's a wrong answer. It's not the wrong answer. <laughs> it's yeah it's, it's not I was not teeing that up for that reason. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just joking. Well joking, not joking, but I will, I will, I will make a more complete answer. So what helped me to continue to learn and also just initially right when I tried to pivot into this field influencers like Josh Burson for example and there's actually a lot of resource out there Uh, I I was thinking right I I was talking about HR analytics being a relatively new area if you think about analytics in general in other area well when I dig into more I mean folks like Josh Burson, he started this long time ago. And he actually accumulated quite a bit resources that is actually available to folks like us that are wanting to get into. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, again, like I, I do want to mention the conferences that I ever attend a couple conferences, you hosted, and I've gone to other conferences, being in that community, kind of always making sure you're you stay on top of the trends be curious of what other companies doing right like i have a visibility into what we do what we have done what we're doing and what we wanted to do but all of that is also influenced by what i see in the in the kind of what other folks are doing and i find those conferences helpful is because that it's not that you're there um watching the presentation or listen to but that's also kind of so like a social environment you you build that network right like a, there's the people i can reach out if i feel like i needed help um or if i just wanted to kind of sense check right like you know what they think about things that we're doing that's a form of learning so yeah. so you know other than the the it. schools and the books you know there's that pure learning right out there and, and the resources out there. So it's it's you being disciplined, right? Wanting to get into it, wanting to continue to making sure you stay on top.
1: Well, yeah, Ferry, thank you for the kind words. And yes, I, I couldn't agree more around the connection. There are so many um, innovative, good, accomplished people in this discipline who are eager to share and serve as collaborative thinking partners so yeah thank you for calling that out and thank you for sharing today because you're a perfect example of that very fact and so I really you know respect and appreciate the way you show up and thank you for taking the time to share today as we wrap here closing comments and how can people learn more about you and what you're doing
0: well, um, you know, if anyone is interested in to discuss more, you know, I've, my LinkedIn is out there. Feel free to, uh, feel f- feel free. And I have, you know, again, the data is innocent stickers ready. I actually did bring a lot of those out. I took point, I was giving to everybody in HR, my team. So, you know, if you're ever interested to in get a sticker, reach out. Um, I want a sticker. No, I, <laughs> I, 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 will, I will send a couple to you. But yeah, I mean, you know, thank you for having me. And, it, it's a topic that it's very come very natural for me to talk about. And every time, you know, when I can talk about HR analytics and analytics in general, right? It's it's always fun. Like this, this just has been a very fun fun conversation. So I just want to say that thank you for having me on this too. Okay.
1: Well, th- thank you. And uh in, t- in terms of conferences, maybe we can see one another if not before January of next year. Uh, back we're likely going to do an in-person event uh January 26th and 27th are the tentative dates uh here in the That's Bay Area awesome. so uh would love to have you back and you know share at that forum so we'll uh, we'll see hopefully you can make it happen and make it safe for everybody but yeah safe first yeah. you know P- Perry yet again thank you you be well and uh we'll see you soon yeah
0: yeah thank you
1: all right take care all right
0: bye, bye. Thanks for joining the People Data for Good podcast with Al Adamson. To find other podcasts, videos, upcoming events, and to join the People Data for Good movement, please visit us at puffau.net.